Escape to Summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra in on-trend hues like green, citron, and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first class luxury meets world class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Staying consistent is hard. But it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now. And they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. They source the best ingredients from all around the world. And I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. You may or may not know, I am the co-owner of Vena CBD. We're committed to your health and wellness with top quality CBD products. If you struggle getting a good night's sleep like me, listen up. I started sleeping better right away when I started taking Lights Out Sleep Gummies before bed. The ingredients are grown in the USA and third-party lab tested. Vena guarantees satisfaction with a 30-day risk-free guarantee. Buy a get one, get one free with code TEAPOD. That's T-E-A-P-O-D at venacbd.com. Start your wellness journey with Vena CBD today. That's V-E-N-A-C-B-D.com. This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp. So, you guys, welcome to this week's Teddy Teapot. I have a very special guest that I, to be perfectly honest, never thought would join me. And that is my father, John Mellencamp. Hi, Dad. Hi, kid. What's going on? So um, I just have to first put this out here. Any of the questions that I'm about to be asking are from Teddy Teapod and Instagram. So anything I ask can't and won't be used against me. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Dad, what area? I'll let it be uh, a guest Teddy. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just talk like you normally do? (laughs) (laughs) Don't use my excitable voice. No, don't, don't, don't use your interview voice. Let's just talk. Okay, fine. Fine. But then you can't get revved at me if I'm, you know, asking something that annoys you. I just won't answer. It's simple. Okay, fine. What pisses you off the most? Huh? What pisses you off the most? 
Um, ingratitude. I, uh, you know this. I don't like to. Uh, I like to do things for people, but I don't like it when they start expecting me to do things for them. And then uh, you know that my moods are always pissed off or mad. So I'm either in, in the state of being pissed off or mad and then uh, maybe something a little higher than that. No, I would say it's pissed off, mad, or you're telling jokes and stories, which is my favorite thing about you. Telling what kind of stories? You tell the best stories, always. I'm a songwriter. I'm supposed to tell stories. Well, speaking that's of... What people don't understand, <laughs> that's what people don't understand, is that songs are not about me. They're stories. Like, I just wrote a song called I Always Lie to Strangers. And everybody that I played it for go, is that true? You really do that? I went, God damn it, it's a song. It's meant, <laughs> to, ish. <laughs> it's, it's meant to entertain people. What is the favorite song you've ever written in your life? I haven't written that song yet. Really? I'm still searching for that song. Do you have a favorite song to perform? No, not particularly. Uh, I know that there's songs that the audience like me to perform. But as you know, we're not performing right now because of this COVID. And so all, uh, all uh, live artists are kind of sidelined right now. You know, we can't go out and play. And I don't know when we'll be able to go out and play. And it kind of frightens me because that's all I know how to do is go out and play. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like during this time, which I think no matter what business you're in, you know, people are going through so much change and change. And some people are using that to grow. And some people are using that because they're in real pain and they don't know what to do right now in the midst of all of this. What's your best advice and what keeps you going? I think that, uh, I think that, uh, uh, I try to, and I know you won't believe this, but I try to, to take this moment and, uh, learn something, uh, every day by making something, you know, I paint every day. If I'm not painting, I'm writing a song. So I'm always in the motion of creation. Uh, and that keeps my mind active. I, I think what I've discovered during the pandemic is that I'm, my life has not changed one iota, except I can't go out and play and I can't go in the recording studio. But I'm a hermit and you know that. And But the difference is I choose to, to live this way. Uh, but when you're forced to live this way, it's a different story. So the idea that we have to do something, uh, you know, is annoying to me. But I'm not doing anything really that different. I'm just not traveling as much and I'm not playing and I'm not, I can't go in the studio. But other than that, my life has changed very little. So what should people do? What should people do? They should look for the thing that can elevate them, you know, in this time period. On that same note, because you're always painting or writing, do you ever think that you'll write a book about your life? Uh, I've been asked to since I was in my 30s, and um, I don't know. I don't know who would be interested in reading it, and I know it would be a lot of work, and uh, that's why I'm a songwriter and not a book writer. It's because, you know, it takes 
uh, you know, you can write you can write some songs in five minutes, and then some songs take years. But it's not a focused concentration <clears throat> day after day on the same thing. As you know, uh, my attention span is short. Also, <laughs> that I do know. And do you think because of this reason, that's how you're able to keep your private life so private? Well, it's not that goddamn private. They well, just called me and told me, they just called and told me they're going to run a thing in National Enquirer about me, uh, me and Ryan and and Jamie and uh, you know, I'm so sick of this crap. Well, you know, who, that, who, gives, who, who, cares, who cares about a 69 year old man? Well, a- apparently a lot of people, which brings me to my next question, which makes me fully want to dry heave. Everybody wants to know all about your love life. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't seen, get it. So many women wrote in like, tell me about the love life. Is he single? What kind of woman does he like? Does he like older or younger women, tall or short? I'm like, I am going to barf reading these. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that would be kind of uncomfortable. Uh, for a child to be reading about their parents. Matter of fact, uh, one time when I was a kid in the 60s, uh, my mom, as you know, was very attractive. And uh, one of our friends said to my older brother, Joe, I'd like to have sex with your mother. And Joe ah! punched him in the face. You did? Oh my. And Joe couldn't beat up anybody. But it annoyed him so much that, you know, this kid would say that about, you know, our mom, that he just hauled off and hit him. Just I, I was standing there and I went, what, uh, what's happening here? Because it didn't bother, you know, I didn't care. Uh, but it, it offended Joe. It didn't bother me, but it offended Joe. Well, I don't think it bode too well if I went off hitting people that asked me about you because uh, that'd get me in a lot of trouble. But what, so what, what little juicy tidbits can you give on your, uh, love life and I'll block my ears uh none so you don't have to block so there's there's no conversation about that all right all right fine on that same token how do you think that with all the success that you've had all of the touring all of the fans that you've stayed humble and low-key during this time oh I don't know some people don't think don't, don't think that about me I mean you know uh some people have a really bad uh, interpretation of the way that I lived and things that I say. Because, you know, you know, Teddy, I'll say anything to anybody. I'm not afraid to say anything to anybody. And if I have an opinion, I'm not afraid to voice it. And I understand that it's just my opinion, but I feel that it's our responsibility as human beings to voice our opinion and be individuals and not try to fall in with the herd and be like everybody else. Uh, as you know, I'm quite colorful and uh, I, I like that about myself. And I like the fact that uh, people who know me understand that, but there are people who don't get it. Uh, do you think that I've become such a know-it-all because of that? No, I think you've become such a know-it-all because you've always been such a know-it-all. <laughs> I think you came out of your mother not thinking you knew everything. But that's, <laughs> but, that's okay. But dad, who do you call when you need advice? I have lots of sources. You are one of them. <laughs> I'm just giving myself a little pat on the back right now. Yeah. I think no, I'm I, pretty good at talking you through things. And I would say that 
you are my first phone call when I'm upset or when I'm proud. Well, you know, and that's why your life gets screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Asking me how to solve a problem. I don't know about that, Katie. No, but you, there's something about you that, you know, which I think is your greatest gift, even though, you know, you say your two biggest things are, you know, pissed and mad is that you have a way of knowing what you need to do in that moment to make somebody feel safe and to feel relaxed. Like I, I, no matter what it was, like if it was after I had a miscarriage or when I had such bad driving anxiety, I like could barely drive to work. You always knew the right thing to say. And I'm like so grateful to that because I knew that whenever I was having one of my like anxiety attacks, you you could fix it in five minutes. Well, uh, and the reason I was helped that I could be helpful is because uh, I too suffered from drive, driving anxiety attack back in the in the early seventies before they even had the word you know social anxiety or panic disorder. They didn't have any of those words, or uh, did they diagnose people with that? The first time I uh, I had a huge panic attack. I needed to go to the doctor. So my mom and my grandmother, Grandma Laura, took me up to Indianapolis to this specialist. And here was his advice. John, you need to calm down. Like, oh, thanks. I would have been so pissed. Well, they, you know, they didn't have anything to offer. You know, they just, they just didn't know. In 1970, 70, 71, they didn't have any information to offer, you know, of any help. And I went to a place called Quinco that had uh, psychologists and psychiatrists, and uh, they were little or no help because they just weren't, you know, people weren't having panic disorder, particularly, uh, uh, you know, in 1970. They just, they just didn't do that. They didn't know about it. Or did they know how to deal with it? Well, when you go to the specialist and the specialist's advice is calm down, Okay, thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of knew that. Here. Well, I, I think the biggest thing, and I know you've been so helpful with Slate and me and everything, is also knowing that you're not alone. And I think that the fact that you've been open about it and that you talk about it makes, also gives you peace of mind because I know with my anxiety, sometimes I think this only happens to me and nobody could possibly understand what I'm going through in this moment. But when you have somebody that can relate to you and say, you know, this happened to me, it helps you. Yeah, and plus, you know, since 1970 and with the overstimulation that we live with in this society, and I suppose all societies, when we, we get so much information and uh, it wasn't like that when I was a kid, cause you know, uh, I had no idea what was going on with me. You know, I had never, uh, nobody had ever spoke to me about anxiety. Uh, I didn't know. I thought I was, you know, dying. And uh, uh, it was, uh, for years, it was crippling. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I was asked to go uh, induct uh, Pete Seeger. I, you probably don't know who that is, but he's a real famous old folk singer. And he was in the Weavers, and he wrote, uh, where have all the flowers gone? And he wrote, if I had a Hannah. Uh, and I was asked to go to the Kennedy Center, and uh, he was getting the Kennedy Award. 
Uh, and uh, I was looking forward to it. And I had talked with Pete. He was, you know, he was an old man. I thought, you know, for me, I was I don't know, in my 30s, early 30s, maybe. And uh, so the day of the, uh, the day I was supposed to fly to Washington, D.C., I couldn't go. I mean, I fucking couldn't go. I couldn't leave the house. And I had to call up, you know, I thought, oh, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. And, but I couldn't get over it. So I had to call up like when I was supposed to get on the plane and say, guys, I can't make it. And I, I really, uh, uh, look back on that and thought, what a loss for me, uh, not being able to induct Pete Seeger into, uh, the Kennedy honors, uh, because I didn't know how to uh, get over myself and uh, to learn how to deal with the anxiety. And, you know, like I said, I was in my 30s when this happened. So uh, I, I, I saw Pete and he brought a, you know, Pete ended up playing a fun day before he died. And I talked to him for a minute and he asked me, he goes, what happened that day? you know, 30 years ago or 40 years ago, whatever it was. And I told him, he went, ah. So he understood. But it's still, you know, I still am kind of regretful that that that, that happened. Teddy, I was so bad at one time with anxiety that I could not drive. I couldn't leave the house. Uh, If I had to leave the house, even to go to my parents' house, I would time it and time how long I was going to be gone and how, many miles it was and how long it's going to take me to get home because home was my safe place. Right. It's, it's crazy. You know, how have you gotten through it? Because it has gotten significantly better. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm, I, I hardly ever have it. Uh, the only time I have it is if, uh, is if I'm, uh, if I get into uh, a dark state of mind and all of a sudden I can feel it coming on. And now they have a drug called Xanax. And whenever I feel that feeling, I just take a half of Xanax and it goes away. So they have medicine for this. But, you know, I don't encourage anybody taking Xanax on a recreational, uh, in a recreational way. But, uh, you know, it's a miracle drug and has been for me uh, because I use it properly. Right. Which, and I use it and I use it very rarely. And you also exercise and do things that you love. I mean, I know for me, just moving helps me being outside, seeing fresh air and, you know, working on things that I care about. Well, there's an old saying, and uh, I used to tell myself this when I was younger. Uh, The idle, your idle mind is the devil's playground. And you're going to get yourself in trouble, John, sitting around here feeling sorry for yourself. So uh, that's America's number one pastime is feeling sorry for themselves. I know. I think I'm going through that a little myself. You know, I'm trying to figure out like my next step in my life and like my all in business is good. My family's good. We've just moved into this new house. Like I should be feeling so happy, but there's this uneasy feeling that I'm having. And like, I've had, I'm trying to do a lot of work on myself right now, like a lot of reading and listening to podcasts and praying and like trying to figure out what my next step is. And that, that not knowing feeling has almost left me like 
paralyzed. Here's the thing. There's no reward in this world for, uh, for uh, much of anything. Uh, if you take a step back and you're globally at yourself uh, and you ask yourself, why do I need these things? Why do I even care about these things? Uh, which is where I'm at in my life. I don't care. Uh, you know, uh, having style or uh, having being an individual is having an opinion, not afraid to, to voice your opinion and not being like everybody else. And uh, that's, that's how I, you know, that's how I, uh, what I've learned. And it seems simple, but it's not. You know, a lot of people say, "Yo, I need to, I'm still trying to find myself. And I was like, Fuck you, you know, you don't, you don't need to find yourself. You're not lost. You need to invent yourself. And the fact that you're worried about, you know, with all the things that you've got and things that you've done in your life, Teddy, I don't even know why you care. What do you care? You know, what do you care if you have a podcast? What do you care if, if you're, you know, because, you know, you're still young enough to have uh, ambitions, but you can't let ambitions overshadow what you've already got. So, you know, there's a movie called, uh, called uh, uh, Key Largo, and it's a conversation between Bogart, Humphrey Bogart, and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Edward G. Robinson. And Edward G. Robinson is a gangster, and he goes, he says, uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I always just get what I want. And then Bogart goes, well, have you ever got, uh, have you, uh, what is it you want? He goes, well, I want more. <laughs> and he goes, and then Bogart goes, well, have you, have you ever gotten more? And he goes, no, I guess I haven't. <laughs> he goes, how do you know, how, how are you going to know when you, you, you get enough? He goes, well, I'll, I'll, I'll never get enough. And so it's like a vicious cycle, you know, whoever wrote Key Largo, you know, back in the 50s, uh, knew what we're talking about already, you know, they already had experienced what, what we're talking about now, uh, is that, you know, there's, there's no reward for, uh, for wanting more. I mean, it just, it's just a place marker, you know, in your own mind. You feel like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to achieve that. No, you don't. Because if you and I were standing in the backyard at my house and they took a picture from outer space of Bloomington, they wouldn't see us. So my point is, is that at the end of the day, we're only on this earth for a small amount, I mean, a minuscule amount of time. And to waste your time worried about where, what comes, you know, what comes next, just let what comes next come next. It'll come, you know, it'll show up and but you got to be smart. That, even as a young guy, how did you persevere after like a rejection? Oh, I never gave a fuck about that. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Teddy, you know me, I, you know, somebody tells me something like that. And I don't give a shit, you know, I never cared what my parents thought of me. I never cared about what the teachers in school thought about. I, from the beginning of, my life I've never really cared what people thought and I truly a lot of people say that but I truly don't 
I mean, sometimes I, I, I didn't. I, this is not fair. Sometimes I get annoyed by what people think, but at the end of the day, I just, I'll just say this. I don't know why you're so thinking about me all the time because I never think of you. Oh my God. Well, on that note, we have to take a, a little break, but we'll come back and talk about family and some other things we need to dig into. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's clip streaming June 4th only on Hulu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You like to watch the new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. So these are the family related questions, which I already know the answer to this first one. Obviously, who's your favorite child? I don't, and that's not a fair question. <laughs> I know, I know that you're going to thank you. I think kids, uh, having five kids, uh, kids that make an effort, and I'm just talking globally. I'm not talking about uh, about uh, us, our family, but just globally. Kids that make an effort to stay in contact with their parents, which I did not. 
Uh, I did not. And that's one thing I wish I would have done, but I didn't do it. The kids who stay in contact with their parents uh, come into favor and uh, they don't always stay there. But, you know, I look at all five of you kids and I, I am uh, proud of all five of you kids. Uh, and um, so, you know, uh, like, you know, your sister, uh, Justice, I probably talked to her more than any of the other kids. Uh, but because she, you know, she calls and, uh, you know, she has Dodo and I love talking to Dodo. And, I'm texting uh, her right you know, now. Kiss up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> not kissing. It's called uh, having humility and, uh, and, uh, like I call my dad now who's 89. I call grandpa all the time. I'm, I, I make it a point to call him at least three times a week. Well, he's really good about reaching out too. He texts me all the time, every holiday, any, like, he's like, it's a Wednesday. He'll send me a Bible verse. Like he's really good about keeping in contact too. Well, he, you know, I think that's, that, that I've learned from that. And I think that's, uh, that I wish I would have known that when I was your age, uh, because he knows there's only, he's only got, you know, when you're 89 years old, you know, you don't have more, more days in front of the horse than behind the horse. So he's only got a few, he's racing to the end and he wants to make sure that he stays in contact and that he, that, uh, uh, he is remembered in a certain way and, and that he can pass on, uh, any help that he, that he could possibly give you. And, uh, so, you know, I make sure that I call dad, uh, at least three times a week, uh, no matter, no matter where, no, no matter where I'm at. Yeah, no, that's good. And you're also good at talking on the phone, which not everybody is. It's not my best. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a problem for me because uh, if I am dealing, we'll talk about girls for a second. If I talk to a girl on the phone and she can't phone talk, then I don't really want to go out with her that bad. So, yeah, this girl can't even talk on the phone. Yeah. And if she's going to go out with me, she's going to have to talk on the phone because, you know, I'm not going to go see her. So, yeah, everybody keeps asking, oh, is he going to, would he ever move to LA? I'm like, uh, it's hard enough to get you to come visit in LA. No, I don't, I don't like, I mean, it's not that I don't like LA, but I just don't like the culture out there. And, um, I don't like, uh, I know, I know some people love it and uh, I understand it. I appreciate it. But for me, it's just not for me. It's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a dream killing town. Uh, you know, so many kids go out there with big dreams and 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 work real hard and and nothing comes of it. You know, and uh, some succeed and some don't. Success walks hand in hand with failure down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, it's true, and it comes and goes very quickly. Yep, it does. What quality and, in all of your kids? I mean, just in general, what quality in your kids make you most proud? Like something that you know about all of us that we all have. What would you say it is? Um, I think that uh, what makes me the most proud of the, of the kids, all of them, is when you guys stand up for yourself um, and not allow to be manipulated or pushed around or 
you know, uh, HUD's the best example. You know, he came home when he was little and said, kids are picking on me. And I said, well, you got to do something about it. So he learned how to fight and box and, and talk. I mean, HUD is a good talker. You know, he can really talk. And he can talk himself out of a mess or else he can not talk himself. He, he has choices. He can either punch you in the face and not worry about it or else he can, he can talk his way out of it. Uh, and that is uh, handy, you know, when you start, uh, you know, getting into the world of working. Yeah. Although I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I was like, I don't know, I don't, about the, I don't know about punching, but I guess in a, a sense of being able to stand up for yourself and having the confidence to know that you can protect well, yourself. Well, when I say, when I say punching, well, in his case, you know, he'll punch you. That's why I was like, this is a little bit dicey. <laughs> well, it's not dicey. It's just like, you know, in the world that he lives in, it's acceptable. He, he, you know, he's part of that world. You know, when you're 25 years old and you're going to nightclubs before the COVID, you know, when you're going to nightclubs and you're doing this, you know, you're, you're looking for trouble. Nothing good happens in this world past midnight. I was going to say, he always <laughs> used to say it's time to come home. It's midnight. Now it's going to start getting dirty. So, and I know because I grew up playing in nightclubs, you know, I'm a barroom singer. That's how I started out. I sang in bars and since I was 13 years old and I see what happens to people after midnight, they fucking go nuts. Well, you know, also why the reason I'm crazy about being late is from you, right? Do you remember uh, the story that has scarred me for life on why I'm always on time? No. So we were in Hilton Head and I got my, back in these days, we could just ride our bikes to, you know, wherever and say, we're going to be back at a certain time. So I left the house. I was like probably 12. And I said, I'm going to go to the barn for a couple hours. And I didn't have any concept of time or wear a watch or check the time or anything like that. And I remember probably like 10 hours later, I saw you like peeling into the barn and I was like, oh no. And you just gave me the look and like, put your hand, like come here. And I like got off the pony, like ran to the car. You didn't speak to me the whole way home. We got there. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention who was at the dinner table, but at the time they were like a very big celebrity couple. And you took away my birthday. That doesn't sound like me. Yes, you did. <laughs> you took away my birthday and you said it in front of everybody. Ah, that, I could have about it. I, but you know what? I, it's, it's a quality I really love about myself, but I still wish that you uh, hadn't taken away my birthday that time. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know it, Teddy but you can't really take away somebody's birthday. And I hate to spoil it for your listeners and you, but there's not an Easter bunny either. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, you, no think, you think you could. Um, how, huh? how would you describe me in three words? Uh, I love you. No, characteristics. Ah. Uh, well, I'm glad you took the compliment so well. Well, I know you, love me. you know I you know I love you too, Daddy. 
Uh, I, I don't. You have to get back with me on that. <laughs> All right. So now uh, these ones you're really gonna love, but we have to ask a couple of Real Housewives questions. So let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and ask those. <laughs> This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charged the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's clip streaming June 4th only on Hulu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X visit tomboyx.com. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, no smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at zyn.com. That's ZYN.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You like to watch the new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Now we're back. It's going to be your favorite part of the episode, Dad. I can feel it already. Are you glad that I'm no longer a part of Real Housewives? Yes, I am terribly uh, excited and happy that you are no longer part of Real Housewives. I uh, never liked that you were on Real Housewives. Uh, I tried to be supportive, so I watched. But I can assure you, I don't watch anymore. 
I think that it's great, and I think that some of those women on the show are fantastic. And uh, uh, but I don't like people to know where I'm at. I don't like people to know what I'm doing. I like to have privacy. That's why I stick around, you know, my properties and don't go anywhere. Uh, I don't want to be part of of uh, you know, where everybody knows everything about everybody. I, I don't like it. And I, I don't know how you stood it. And, uh, I was glad that you were enjoying it when you were doing it, but I'm glad you're not on it. Do you have a favorite housewife? This isn't a loaded question. This is just, do you have one? Uh, it's a loaded question, but, uh, n no, but I do respect, uh, all of these girls are doing it, even the ones that you didn't like. You know, there's a certain like, wow, you enjoy putting your life out where people can look at it, ridicule it, judge it uh, unfairly, and you don't seem to mind. So that there's a certain strength in that, I think, that I would not want to develop or be part of. And what I, I don't even I don't even like doing interviews. So, I know, which is why know. I'm shocked that you're here. And then what do you think? I'm only here because you're my daughter. If you weren't my daughter, I, you know, anybody else call me up and ask me to be on a podcast and you know what the answer is. No. I know. I, and when I asked you, I really asked you kind of in a laughing way. And I remember Cruz was in the car with me when I asked and I got off the phone and, you know, Cruz like just gets things. I don't know how at his age. But he looks at me and he goes, you didn't think your dad would say yes, did you? And I said, I didn't. And he goes, well, Peepaw loves you. And he said, yeah, because he wants to be there for you. And I was like, oh, I like cheered up. I was like, you're right, Cruz. So I, I am really grateful for you taking the time to do this with me. Cruz is exactly right. Yeah. So I am grateful. And uh, the final housewives question, so we can move on from that and officially move on from that part forever. Um, do you, what did you think of Kyle and my friendship? I don't know why this is such a popular question, but I guess a lot of people either loved it or had a lot to say about it. What do you think about it? I would say that uh, quite honestly, uh, people who comment on your friendships, none of your business. <laughs> It's Why can't I have a little bit more of you and me? It's just none of your business and uh, you know what a good, why don't you be a good neighbor? And here's, I'll tell anybody that's listening what a good neighbor is. You mind your business, I'll mind my business. We'll get along just fine. And if you need help, you can call on me. And if I can lend a helping hand, I will, but only if I can. I'm not going to get involved in your drama if I can't be helpful. So why don't we all just be good neighbors and mind our own fucking business? Yep. So write that down, guys. Get a pen and paper. Next time you want to be keyboard warriors, go for it. Um, so the final topic that, of course, people have a million questions on is music. So I'm just going to do some rapid fire. Dream collaboration. If you could record something with any other musician, who would it be? Well, he's dead, but it would be Woody Guthrie. Oh, 
biggest celebrity or however you want to say it, artist friend that you have, like a mentor? Uh, I even hate mentioning his name. But just do. It's just us, Dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why don't you just answer it? You is it Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, first concert you ever went to? Um, 1967. And I went to see Steppenwolf and the Beach Boys. Oh, I love the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, when will you be releasing more music? Soon. I'm, uh, we're uh, in the middle, uh, not in the middle, we're almost done with the documentary and an album called uh, The Good Samaritan Tour in 19, in, in the year 2000. Uh, I had just completed a big worldwide tour and was very successful and I wanted to give back to the audience. So I decided me and Elaine took Head and Speck and two young musicians and we went and played on street corners all across America for free at noon. I stole the idea from Woody Guthrie. He used to go play in the fields uh, for the workers in the 30s and he would just show up and sing to them while they were working. So people don't work in the fields anymore. They do, but not the majority of people. Uh, farming was like the biggest way of making a living back then. But now in 2000, everybody worked in big buildings. So we would go downtown unannounced, set up and play for free during people's lunch breaks. And we started out in, uh, I think, uh, no, maybe Philadelphia or Boston, I can't remember. Uh, and uh, unannounced, and 800 people showed up. They went, oh, look, there's John Mellencamp. You know that John Mellencamp playing on the street corner, like a street musician. And uh, then by the time that we got to Chicago, uh, and the internet had just started in 2000, and cell phones were just starting to get popular. Uh, I showed up in Chicago at Daily Plaza, and we had 20-some thousand people show up. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, we made a documentary about the good, we called it the Good Samaritan Tour. Because when did you realize you could start using your voice for social issues? Uh, I never really looked at it like that. I always just kind of thought uh, that I would uh, uh, write about things that I was interested in. And uh, people interpreted what I was writing as uh, social issues, then so be it. But once again, uh, I'll repeat myself because I still, to this day, uh, have to say that, uh, you know, these songs, I've had over 400 songs published. They're not about me. You can't write 400 songs about a guy who don't leave the house and just paint. <laughs> it's so it's not that interesting. It's just, it, songs are meant to entertain people. They're not about, you know, of course, you know, there's some songs that I've written that have some of me in it. 
but like I said, I just wrote a song called I Always Lie to Strangers, and I played it for a couple of people. They go, are you telling me the truth? And it was just like, it's a song. It's meant to entertain you. It's meant to make you think. It's meant to make you dance, whatever the song is, you know. It's not about me all the time. So do you think that what makes you a great songwriter then is that just having a vivid imagination and being creative or what what do you think it is? I don't consider myself a great songwriter. I consider myself a struggling songwriter because writing songs is always a struggle. It's, it's hard. It's harder than people think. I mean, you can write and I think anybody can become a songwriter. But there's a difference between writing a song and writing a really good song. And a really good song doesn't necessarily mean that it's popular. Uh, it just means that it, it a really good song. I mean, like Elvis Costello wrote a song called Almost Blue. And I heard that and I thought, okay, I'm quitting. I can never write a song this good. You know, Almost Blue is so good. So good. You know, Dylan has written songs and it's kind of like, ah. You know, when I first started out, I was making a record down in Miami at a place called, uh, I can't remember the name of the studio anymore, Um, but uh, the Eagles were in the studio next to me making a record, and they were recording an album called Hotel California, which became a huge success. And I used to walk by their session, and I could hear Hotel California and then I'd walk back into my session and I'd hear, I need a lover. And I went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are way ahead of me. You know, <laughs> I'm writing that little song here and these guys are writing this song called Hotel California and Life in the Fast Lane, which both became tremendously big hits for those guys. And that was like a great record. And I was making a shit record, you know. Well, I still, I, I still like that song for the record. Do you have a most embarrassing story? Uh, you, you know, I don't get embarrassed very easily. Well, I have a most embarrassing story that involves you. Do you remember when you were on tour with Bob Dylan? And I didn't know that like you give him fist pumps, like that's how he says hi. And I went, you introduced me to him and he like went and put his hand out to fist pump me. And I shook his paw. <laughs> well, I'm sure knowing Bob, and I like Bob, and Bob likes me, and we get along good. I'm sure that he uh, gets that quite a bit. People not, people not knowing how to react to him. Because, yeah. you know, of all the people uh, of my generation, you know, he is, you know, he is considered and is the best songwriter. Uh, uh, the whole rock and roll folk generation. You know, the, the baton was handed from Woody Guthrie to Bob. And then Bob took it and, and made more out of it than Woody could have ever dreamed. Bob is a true artist. I bet you right now Bob is in California where he lives on point, whatever that fucking place is. I bet he's making something right now. Yeah. Well, you're always making something too. What do you think in your lifetime you're the most proud of? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really, I mean, I don't understand this word pride. Yeah. 
I, I don't. I, I mean, people have asked me this question before. I don't really understand the question. Pride. I. I never. I never do anything to be proud of. I. I, I only do it to do the work. You know, if it turns out people like it, great. But you know, I'm always on to the next thing. I'm always, you know, I'm I'm always on to the next thing. I don't take time. I remember when I had my first number one record. I I was married to your mom, and uh, they called me and said, "John, your record's number one. Your album's number one, and your single's number one." And I walked out on to the porch at, uh, uh, you know, when, where where we lived. And I lit up a cigarette and I went, huh. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. Do you think that huh. we're all like put on this earth for a purpose and like yours was to do this? Or do you think, do you believe in that or? No, people have free will to do whatever they want. And uh, I don't believe in predestination. I don't believe in, uh, there's only one person in this world for me to love. I don't believe any of that stuff. Uh, I believe in love at first sight, and I believe that uh, that that can happen. But you know, no, I don't think there was a reason. Everybody has free choice, which makes us different than animals. We have free choice to become and invent who 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 we are and who we want to be. And it's I I think it's only fair to also say that you have to remember there's really no legacy in this world people play for the legacy they keep you know particularly people my age they're worried about their legacy and i think to myself there's no legacy what are you talking about you know you might have a song that you'll remember that people will remember but they won't remember it's you doing it they'll just remember the song and then that song will go away after a few generations and then i'll never remember my great great grandpa I don't remember it. And he 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 came here from Germany. He made quite a track, you know. Came here from Germany, married a black woman, and they didn't speak the same language, but they coexisted together. But I don't know. I don't. You know, that's about all I know about it. That's his legacy. It's all I can say it in two sentences. And yeah. that's my family. I can ask you. Do you know who Benny Goodman is, Teddy? And I don't. Okay, well, Benny Goodman was like a big band leader, and he was as big as the Beatles uh, for his time period. But And that was just a few generations ago, and you don't know who Benny Goodman is. You can't sing one song or hum one melody that Benny Goodman played. He was huge. Old nation. The whole nation was standing and fucking to Benny Goodman. I, thank you for the visual. Well, speaking of humming one song, I have one final request. And no, it's not to sing Jack and Diane or Heard So Good, but my favorite memories of my entire life with you, and you know this, is when we would be driving in the car and you'd sing me Paper Moon. Will you sing one line of it? Say it's only a paper moon. Floating over a cardboard sea. But it wouldn't be make believe if you believed in me. There you go. Oh, I love you, Dad. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And if you guys have any questions for us, let us know. Send them into Teddy Teapot and make sure you keep tuning in. Thank you for listening.
Hey, Teddy, hold on for one second. I got one statement. What? Anybody that's listening, I don't really care what you think. So don't bother writing in and being negative because it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah, I second that. Ugh. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first class luxury meets world class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now. And they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. You may or may not know, I am the co-owner of Vena CBD. We're committed to your health and wellness with top quality CBD products. If you struggle getting a good night's sleep like me, listen up. I started sleeping better right away when I started taking lights out sleep gummies before bed. The ingredients are grown in the USA and third-party lab tested. Vena guarantees satisfaction with a 30-day risk-free guarantee. Buy a get one, get one free with code TEAPOT, that's T-E-A-P-O-D, at venacbd.com. Start your wellness journey with Vena CBD today. That's V-E-N-A-C-B-D.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.